Hi, you're listening to Oh Hey Heather, Tell Me a Story. Real stories, real experiences, by real people. I hope you enjoy. So here we are again. It's a Saturday morning where I have a room dedicated to myself that I think is semi-private so that I can talk out loud and not have people question me knowing I have probably no one listening to this but myself. But I've really felt that, you know, I, I love to write, I love to talk, I love to learn things, share things. My thing is, is, you know, we lift all boats. The more education we have, whether we like it, don't like it, dismiss it, retain it, however it works, we share it to see if there's a value to others. And when there is a value to others, that's when you know you have something. And then when you have something, you figure out how you're going to build it and put it all together so that more people can have it. And that's pretty much like how business works, how life works, how anything meaningful in someone else's life works, because it's something that was passed between person to person, even if they used a larger platform to spread it. But here we are now, and I'm actually wanting and preparing to talk to you about the five reasons we taught our son to drive on a five-speed vehicle. And I'll get to that. But I just started thinking about the bigger part of all of it because I was tying in some of my reasons of the five to how it works in other areas, especially situations where now, because I told myself, I want to do an entire recording where nothing goes political or in our current circumstances of what we've been spoon-fed as the working class. So I'm trying to avoid all that. And I thought, well, then it's perfect. I'll just talk about the five-speed story because I believe in it and I've presented it to different groups I've been asked to speak in front of, and it's always seemed to have been well-received. I didn't get any negative feedback, but then again, you never get negative feedback. You only get people going, oh, you're so great, you're so great, thank you. And you're like, was I? I don't know. One will never tell, unless you get asked to do it again. And so that's why I thought, well, it's probably decent. I mean, I got asked to do it again, so now I'll just do it for myself. But I always free fall. I don't have no script. I don't have no outline. I just know the five things. And then I tell a story about each one that I think is reasons. Because there's like a thousand reasons why each one of them matters. So as I roll into it and it's a nice quiet morning. And I'm looking out my street and it's absolutely sunny. But absolutely freezing. Like you could definitely use outside as a freezer if the electric went out. Which... Hopefully that'll never happen like Texas did, which again, damn it, current events. Okay, take that back. Anyway, it looks beautiful out, but I know it's not. So I'm just enjoying it from afar. Fed the birds today, filled up their little containers. Just love watching them all, especially those cardinals. God, they're beautiful. Look, there's like, how many is that? Yes, since I'm in my bedroom, I'm like eye level with them because they're in the tree. One. there's only four today but they're all closer together and still looking in each direction which is pretty cool but we just filled it so I feel like the first day you're skeptical by the second day you know they've worn it down half they're like "Eh, I kind of know the schedule now I know when the doves come I know when the blue jays come I know when the cats come I don't know I'm assuming that's what they think but they probably don't they're birds but they patternize and if they patternize then they plan because you can't do one without the other anyway back to the story. 
I just took pictures of my son out the door, jumping in his five-speed, his little cute green Fiesta that I just love. We got it. Oh, such a good deal. So we've been looking for a five-speed manual car with low miles, you know, decent, safe, nothing to worry about kind of stuff. And kept in mind that, you know, maybe when his little brother's ready to drive, we'll just use that car and then buy him something else that he wants or he'll have enough money to buy his own and then we'll just take it back and give it to Vance and it'll be the training car because frankly, if it's only a training car and then once they're independent enough to afford to buy their own, we get it back because I would drive that thing to work all day every day. I love driving that thing to work. That was one of those positive things from COVID. Damn it, I did it again. But when it was, I still had to go into work every day and the DMV or BMV, whichever state you live in, was closed. You could do things online, but you couldn't take your kid in to drive for the first time and get his license after he had a permit only and, you know, did the class. But then you couldn't even take the class, which the class required, I think, 10 hours of drive time with a coach person that they choose. And then parents, you know, you pay like 400 bucks. Yeah, it wasn't the way I grew up. But then again, I grew up learning from a big old long boat. Pontiac Bonneville, but I remember back in the day when we got it because it had remote or roll down windows, like auto windows. It was like the first vehicle we ever had, and I thought we were balls. And then 10 years later, I'm a kid and I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta drive this car in front of my friends. They're gonna see me in it. Dang it. But when I was little, whew, I think the worst thing about sitting in the back seat of that car was it used to have these like used to key these stripes down the back doors that would break out the velour of the seat doors because everything was velour like velvety like that was your padding on the inside it wasn't just leather and cloth and in between like the tufts of the pillowing they would put these strips of silver in between them to like break them out the only thing is is even though this was a car with Spoke rims, electric windows, and get this, brace yourself, air conditioning. I thought, wow, we're really moving up in the world. Because we had spent years living very, very close to the we ain't got money so don't ask kind of lifestyle. And it was fine. I mean, we all had a blast. We loved our town, our friends, our neighbors. It was just like a little fun community in Beach Bottom, West Virginia. And we loved it. And we would walk, you know, between the woods to get to the other little pockets of villages where our other friends lived and have them come to the city of, you know, 300 villagers. I think there was 12 kids, I think, maybe 12 of us. I, I got to do the math again. At one point, I thought I had an accurate number. I thought I had 12 total demographic of 12 to 18-year-olds in the village. And then... If you brought in the pockets that we could walk to, I think it went to like 20, 22 maybe. And then if you went up the hill, which was a total walk up a curvy, dangerous, I mean, there is a dead man's curve on it. Up the mountaintop, you could get to the top little shop. It was like a place where you could actually buy things. You could buy candies. Um, chips and you could do it by foot or bike which people biked it can you that 
when we look back, I'm like, I'm surprised nobody, I'm surprised they're all alive. And they probably aren't, but they probably were then because of it. They didn't die from that is what I'm saying. But anyway, that car was like, oh, dad has been back at the mill for some time. That makes sense. We're getting a really badass car and it was a 79 Bonneville. I think this would have been like, I don't know, mid-80s, early 80s. I think I was probably 7 or 8, and I was 76, so this was probably a 4 or 5-year-old car, but it had all that stuff. So back to the silver part. It was actually plastic with, like, that film over it that you could see, like, that you touch and feel that, like, people use to tint windows and stuff. It's like that, but it was silver. And after a while, as I was getting older, it was starting to chip and peel a little bit. Me being like a, I don't know, I'm just like, I dig in. Like one of my nervous tics is I dig into my thumbs and my fingers when I'm not able to say why I think something's not what it should be. But I'm trying to not politically do that to myself, whether it be in any situation that is like uncomfortable. And for whatever reason those happen a lot more these days but they've always happened I've, I've been doing that my whole life so whatever I'm just mad that I still do because I'm like stop it but anyway I pick at something like if there's something there and I like I gotta I can't let something hang like if like even on the wall I'm gonna peel back what it is and then sand everything back down and fix it I can't let it just sit there looking like it needs to be peeled I don't know, but I have a daughter who can't see things that are in clusters because it makes her feel really anxiety and uneasy. Like if she sees something like one of them purses where there's like <laughs> all these sequins in a patterned row or beads. She always would say when she was a little girl, they're just waiting to fall off and be out of order. <laughs> like, like she couldn't enjoy the beauty of the pattern because she knew the way things were made. One of them's going to break off and then it's not going to be right and then it's going to be really bad. <laughs> So she would never, like, she never wanted any part of it. And she never wanted to see pictures. It's so cute. But anyway, that's all weird stuff that I don't think 23andMe has figured out yet. Because my grandmother's the same way. She's always been that way. But back to the car. That's what I learned to drive on. And by the time I was able to drive, it was no longer cool. It was some old boat. And there was cute little 80s cars coming out. And everybody had those instead. Either way, that's how I learned. But then by the time I was probably 18, 17, 18, I was taught how to drive a stick. Because it was still a 50-50 game at that point. Half of my friends or people I knew or family or whatever had sticks. So I wanted to learn because I wanted to know how to have every vehicle ready in the chance I need to escape somewhere. And all I do is find a car with a stick that has keys in it. Isn't that crazy that that's how my mind thought back then? That is definitely how my mind had to think back then to survive. But anyway, I felt empowered when I learned it. It was really cool to, to drive a stick and do it well to where I didn't need anyone's help and I wasn't like, Ooh, now I do some, like, now they have that, 
roll prevention technology built in that if you're on a hill and you have to shift to go, like if you stop on a hill and then you have to go, like there, I don't remember what it's called, it's some term Mark can tell you, but even that, it's still hard, you still lag, you're still like, and it's just a skill, and I enjoyed having his car for the better part of eight months, six months, eight months, so we bought it as he was turning 15 and a half, because at 15 and a half, you can actually get the permit to be able to drive with your parents to learn. Now, here's the thing that throws me on this, and hear me out, whoever hears me out that might have somebody that knows somebody that could help make this become a discussion at the higher top people that we supposedly voted for. If you're 15 and a half, you're given 16 months, or 16, listen to me talk, six months to practice enough to be a really good driver so that you can do it on your own. In Iowa, where we both, my husband and I, lived when we were 14 years of age, I'm not from there, but I I lived there for a long time, 20 years. So when I was 14, I lived there, and you get your permit then at 14. Ever since learning there was a difference, because I didn't know there was a difference, I never really thought to ask West Virginia people because that was a time in my life when I didn't go back and I didn't talk to them because I thought I was a piece of shit and they all hated me and that everybody would be ashamed and that I wouldn't be comfortable there because I would be in this like black shroud of despair for all the sins a 14-year-old could have done that in all actuality I didn't. (laughs) So I didn't realize there was any difference. I assumed... 14-year-olds across the country had permits and to drive with your parents or anyone over the age of 25, which worked out because I used to get paid sometimes to drive people home from the bar. So who knew I was Ubering in 1990? It's pretty cool. Anyway, I also babysat. I was thinking about that. There's parents these days. It's so funny. They have like four and six-year-olds or three and five-year-olds. I'm like, yeah. Well, the 13-year-old down the street is wonderful, and she's so great, and she seems so mature and fun, but we've never left her alone or, you know, something like that. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to get it because it's not them. Like, I remember another situation, which I won't bring it up because it might have um, upset a family member, but I was being asked how you let toddlers go with different family members and just, like, let them go. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't trust the family member. It, not at all. Like You trust them totally with your kids. You just don't trust them transporting them. In a, or I don't even know. Now I feel like it's anything. It's like it used to go, you know, hey, Heather, how did you uh, let your kids hop in cars and drive across the country with your parents when they were like 10 months and two and a half? Well, they were, I don't know, they're like two days from being two years apart. My boys. I'm like, yep. Sure, it made you nervous, and you're like, those are my babies. But I knew they were in good care, and I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I don't know how to walk through that. I don't know how to walk through 
the fact that I'm pretty sure we are putting our kids' dog down on Monday at 4.30 because that's the appointment. And I'm... I know people are annoyed with me because he continues to dominate conversations when people talk about their dogs only because I feel people are so intrigued to hear me talk in a totally opposite perspective of dogs. That's the only reason why I can assume it because I don't necessarily think they're funny. Like when I'm telling stories about this dog, they're going to be funny. That's what happens when people or dogs or whatever pass away. You only remember the good, and that's a good thing. I think that's a great thing for humanity. I think that's a forgiveness healing power that sometimes we can resent because we're like, what do you, like, yeah, he shouldn't have died. That was really, really sad, but he, like, did this and that and the other, and I'm trying to think of a really good example. Um, Like a celebrity. You know, like a celebrity that had... Or a politician. Okay, there's a good one. No, I I said I wasn't going to do that. I'm trying to think of an analogy where there's... Showing you that there was a celebrity that had a really shady past. Like, not shady meaning they went to prison, but like, you wouldn't have dated them. You know what I mean? Like, cheated on that wife, had an affair with that wife, did this, that, you know, and it's all over the press, and people, magazines interviewed them, and then they die, and they're like, oh, and then they're all like, oh, or somebody that you hadn't heard of in 20 years, and then they passed away at a stroke at 89, and now all of a sudden they're doing all these segments about talking about how great they were, I'm like, well, then why didn't you do it 20 years ago when they were still here? I mean, I get it, we should honor people, and, and honor is a big deserve, But we should honor every person. So, anyway. I'm going off on a tangent again. Sorry about that. Back to the whole permit thing. I think they should let people have kids, get permits at 14, nationwide. Because you have to have a 25-year-old or better with you. And you have to, or a parent. And you have two full years of practice and it gives you so much more I think in my mind comfort because you've always got support for that long instead of just six months and I'm not gonna like I don't have any studies I don't have any studies that show one way or the other is better like I don't know what crashes or failures or tickets or whatever are state by state to compare but I was always told for Iowa it's because of farm equipment And that it was, you know, to let younger teens work on the farms so that they could operate the vehicles. That was the original reasoning. But I don't think that's bad reasoning to make it across the country because if we as Americans are going to go back to what we should, which is taking care of ourselves and growing and making our own crap for each other, we're going to need 14-year-olds to help us drive all the vehicles to do the skid loaders and the fields and everything else so why not just teach them so that gets me into the five reasons and 
the very first most basic real reason why we wanted our kid to have to drive a five-speed was if you can drive a manual transmission, you can drive anything. You're going to understand the difference between clutches and gears and how the cars shift so that no matter what you're in, it may take a minute, but you'll figure it out. Whether it's three on the tree, whether it's a semi, whether it's a motorcycle, anything that takes clutches and gears to operate is going to be understood more in the wiring of your brain. So for me to be at peace with myself and my fears of why I learned to drive a stick is no matter what life throws at you and where you end up, your chances of getting out are a little faster that way. I don't know if it was that uh, Popeye lady in The Shining. You know, I'm talking about the, the mom who was also the olive oil in Popeye movies. Her. But, or the situations that I was in, I just know that I feel much better shifting gears. And shifting gears when I need to. So, we wanted him to understand that. That was like plain, we agreed on that tenant. We supported it wholly because my husband did learn on a stick. That's just how you learned. And come to think of it, everyone in our families can drive a stick. I'm not sure if my mom can. Like a lot of the women probably can't in like the generation above. Because generationally, too, we've evolved as people. That's what I always notice when I think about my grandmothers and my great-grandmothers before them. We were all fortunate enough to get through whatever we got through, whether it had been true love or so-so love or whatever. But as teens, we were expected that. They were, not me. It shifted in my world because I became the ostracized one for doing it while not being married and not really wanting it. But having the best time of my life having it, girl. And then I went to the second one, which is today's world. You are not going to text if you're driving a stick, especially if you're only going to be doing in-town driving. I could see some kids getting distracted and bored if they're driving long stretches of the road, which I think is probably the worst part of like rural commutes around here because there are a lot of roads where it's just roads. I mean, you might have two intersections in 20 miles and that's okay, but not texting. Like, no, but you as adults can know you probably have responded to something while you're on the road, so don't tell me you didn't. I just don't want my kids to adopt that habit because I'm really trying not to. And I actually use Audible and my Bluetooth and don't do that stuff because one day it's, it's just not right. Let's, you know what they're doing? We're creating the problem. The more we create the problem, the more they create the solution. And the next thing you know, we have autonomous vehicles and none of us can even figure out how to freaking drive, let alone handle a stick. I disagree. I There's something to say about driving. It makes it an effort. It makes it something that we do. And if that's taken away, I don't know. I mean, you hear about it all the time. Kids that don't want to drive, they just want to Uber. 
well, haven't they realized that one day somebody's going to have to Uber? Like, come on. We need to teach them how to drive stuff and want to and understand how independence feels. It's, it feels wonderful. I'm not relying on anyone but myself and this machine. And if this machine breaks down, I want to have enough common sense to know how to fix it myself or hop in something else, whatever it may be, and keep me going forward. I love it. So, teach your kid how to drive a stick. Teach yourself first. Feel how badass it is. You know why it's badass? Because it's a dying skill. Dying skills are in demand. For our son to learn this, he becomes pretty freaking cool. Which is number three, where now all of his friends want to learn how to drive one. Because they're all driving. Because luckily we all have, the reason why they're probably such good friends is because all of us as parents, even though we don't really talk or hang out, we must be on a similar wavelength because all of our kids seem to be in the same space of what is right and what is wrong. And that's how they coordinate and they're good buddies that I hope are friends for the rest of their lives. And they drive because they all also have jobs because they all have jobs. And my kids is a stick, so they want to learn how to drive it. And I think that's really cool because he's going to teach them and show them. And it's not any disservice to their parents because I would guess, based on how hard it was to find this cute little green car, maybe, I don't even know, I'm going to guess. I'm going to throw it out there. Maybe 10% of vehicles are sticks now. I, everything's automatic. And it's, there's nothing wrong with automatic. I drive an automatic. That's my car. I love my car. But I love driving his little bebop through commutes to work. I even took backwards just to zip around and have fun with it. So it was sad when COVID finally let the DMV open up so at 16 and a half he could go get a real license. So I drove the car for about a year. Huh, yeah. We still drive it every now and then just for craps and giggles if we know he's not going to leave the house because he's hanging out. We'll say, hey, we're going to take your car. Maybe we'll fill it up and do something nice for him. But usually he takes care of all of it on his own. But yeah, that third reason is you really have some friends that are going to be excited to learn from you and see you cool. And who knows if they dated, which most high school kids seem like they don't these days. People are going to think it's cool. So gives him instant street cred wherever he goes. And it's his own skill. He learned himself, and it wasn't something we might have expected him to do it, but we knew if he couldn't do it, we wouldn't make him because it's so rare of a thing that maybe we're asking too much, even though we don't think we are. And now he loves it, so he enjoys that. The other thing is, is if you have any teenagers right now, you'll know that they are not remembering the way we did, or I don't know what it is, but I mean, I've found his keys in the dryer. Sometimes he forgets to lock it. Unless there's no memorabilia or things in it of importance, which there isn't, no one can steal it. People, and and let alone it being a little Ford Fiesta, but people aren't going to steal sticks. Nobody wants them. And the whole point of stealing things is to give it to someone that's going to want it more. So, that's a cool thing. And then finally, tradition. We don't really have tradition anymore. 
I was thinking about that. Ever since Mark's grandma died, I don't think we've had a family gathering even though we all want to. Because nobody's just taking the plunge. And then... I don't remember the last time my family had one. Even though I do have one part of my family that does. It's just a few hours away and it always seems to be the wrong weekend. So I need to make that a priority. Because I think we all need to tribe up, get together family again, learn who our people are, and get off of Facebook so we don't need it no more. I may be crazy, but I think we should start a face yard grave book where people who just abandoned their profiles and never came back, because you can download and save all your photos and your pictures and everything onto hard drives so that you never lose them, and then you just ghost your profile if they don't have an audience they don't have a voice and that's at least one way of one grain of sand on a beach of people saying I'm not doing it maybe we can make a castle anyway that's all I got today And there you have it, another episode of Oh Hey Heather. I hope it has made you think of a story of your own or how you could relate to this one, or if anything, just something you could enjoy. Thanks everyone and have a great one.